Super Talk Mississippi media production. Let's continue the spring series here on Thunder and Lightning with a game Mississippi State has probably got circled on the calendar. I think it's a very, very important one. Joining us now, he covers the Gamecocks for the state over in Columbia, South Carolina. But more importantly than that, he is my handsome young son, Ben Portnoy. Glad to have you back on the podcast. This team last year, there was nothing in its first 10 games that would have suggested what was going to happen in the final two games, where they had probably the best two wins in recent South Carolina history when they beat Tennessee. I mean, beat isn't even the right word. They crushed Tennessee and then took out Clemson uh, there in the regular season finale, but then sort of went back, sort of reverted back in the bowl game and didn't play their best. Was this South Carolina team the 10 game South Carolina team or the two game South Carolina team? Uh, I'll start with just the simple answer of yes. <laughs> I like, like, I mean, I think that this South Carolina team is so confusing, right? Because what you said is true. I think you look at the Tennessee game and the context around it, right? South Carolina at the time, they're sitting at six and four. They've just frankly had their teeth kicked in by a really pretty mediocre Florida team yeah. uh, in a game that was really, really ugly. I mean, just a lot of sloppiness, nothing that inspired too much confidence. And I remember leaving Gainesville and everyone, we were kind of talking and, Discussion was, all right, well, South Carolina is going to go six and six and maybe they'll go play in Birmingham or Tampa or something like that. You lose the last two games to Tennessee and Clemson. And frankly, like at that time, I mean, I was still pretty high on Tennessee. I I had Tennessee at number one in the country, um, you know, ahead of their loss to Georgia and all of that. So you look at that and then you get to the Tennessee game. Spencer Rattler's unconscious. He throws six touchdowns. I mean, really, it looks like, you know, I I mean, the best comparison I can even think of is really it's like, you know, it's the kind of night where Steph Curry goes off for 65 points. Like it's just one of those nights he just hits every throw. And I remember looking at my buddy kind of down press row halfway through the game and just kind of looking and I'm kind of mouthing him like, what the hell is going on? Because like there was just nothing again, like there was nothing leading into that game where you kind of thought, okay, this is going to happen. They're going to go put up 60, whatever points on Tennessee. And, um, you know, and then to come back, beat Clemson the way they did and in a game that was tight, but frankly, if you watch that game front to back, I mean, South Carolina probably, I mean, South Carolina was the better team and they, I, I don't think they were just one point better. Like that was a game that South Carolina, they made some mistakes early, but really controlled things. And you felt like they were in the game, even when they were down, you know, 14, 17 points at a time. Um, and then again, the bowl game was, I think, interesting because they played really well early in the game. They came out, pulled out the stops and started up early and had some chances to kind of stretch out the lead and just depth issues and things like that kind of caught up with them and, and kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, hit a wall. So when you look at this team, I think they're probably somewhere in the middle between the teams that beat Clemson and, and Tennessee and the team that kind of was six and four going into that. Like, I think that there's there's a lot of talent. I think this is a team that's going to be a little bit deeper as far as you know you look at what Shane Beamer's done recruiting wise and what they've brought in over a couple of years there's going to be a little bit more um feel for what they've got at least depth chart wise and and you bring back a guy like Spencer Rattler obviously there's always the the thought of hey he can go and win us a game um and I think that I I think that you're going to see I think you're going to see a South Carolina team that will probably have a good that you know frankly like this team could go six and six or they could go nine and three like there's a really wide range of outcomes here and I think that um, you know, Shane Beamer's proved that, that they've been good for an upset or two most years, and, and we'll kind of see. But, I mean, like you said, I think this Mississippi State game, especially given it's early in the season, it, it's a really – I think it's, like, underratedly one of the most interesting games of the SEC schedule this year, at least sort of the first half of the season. So I sort of have the same question, though, we just asked, but it's about Rattler now because, again, in those two games, you know, he had been heralded at one time as a potential number one pick. He looked like it in those two games. 
but the other 10 games just inconsistent. I mean, up and down throughout the season. Are we going to see a more consistent Spencer Rattler this season? I think so. I think there's also just a general comfort that comes with being in your second year in a place, second year in a program, second year with guys, coaches, et cetera. Um, you know, new play caller and Dowell Loggins who comes over from Arkansas. I, I think he's going to probably fit a little bit better. There's going to be a little bit more meshing and maybe sharing of ideas as far as what Spencer wants to do, what Dowell wants to accomplish um, offensively. And, and I think that there was, you know, not to say there was butting heads with Marcus Satterfield, who's off to Nebraska now, but I don't think that it was always necessarily, you know, it's the cliche thing, right? We talk all the time about how coaches put their, the best coaches put their players in the best positions to succeed. And it felt like at times South Carolina just wasn't doing that. And whether that's on Marcus Satterfield, Shane Beamer, whoever, like it just felt like that. And I think that when you look at Rattler overall season, like there were always moments where he looked really good and the numbers didn't necessarily measure up. But like there were games like when South Carolina goes to Kentucky and beats Kentucky on the road for the first time in, you know, close to a decade. He didn't, the numbers weren't great. I think he ended up with like 170 some yards, 200 yards, but was like nine of 12 in the second half for 130 yards or something. You know, like he, he's, he showed these moments. He showed these flashes that you felt like it could be there and it could click, but it never really got all the way there till the end of the season. So I think, again, like you'll kind of see somewhere in between. I think that like there's a world where Spencer Rattler probably should be one of the probably three or four highest, uh, you know, should finish probably third or fourth in the SEC or top three or four in the SEC in passing yards this year. I think that you bring back Juice Wells at receiver, that helps. Trey Knox, who they brought over from Arkansas at tight end, I think is going to be a problem for a lot of teams. Like, I think there's weapons. The running game's a question. They've got a lot of serious questions at running back, and I'm not really sure. You know, South Carolina had issues running the football last year, and they're in probably at a worse pitch spot at, at running back than they were a year ago. Kind of so leading I think, into my next question there, yeah, because that exacerbates I, some of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought I thought the the transfer of of Marshawn Loy was a surprise. I thought he was a good fit there at South Carolina. I thought he was becoming a bigger part of the offense, and now he's off to Southern Cal. You just traded one USC for another. Now he, he now like you mentioned. There's not a lot there at that running back position that scares you. Do they have somebody that they feel like can count on to run the football this year? I mean, that's the thing is like right now you look at South Carolina's roster, they've got three scholarship, well, I guess really two scholarship running backs, three scholarship running backs if you count Mario Anderson, who they brought over from Newberry, which is a Division II school here in South Carolina, but he was a finalist for the Harlan Hill Trophy, which is the equivalent of the Heisman Trophy at D2. Right. Um, you know, he had well over 2,000, 3,000 yards rushing in his time there. Um, he's a guy that I think can help them a little bit. Juju McDowell has been dangerous at times, but he's also 5'9", 175 pounds, sopping wet. So I think that he's not a guy that's going to be able to carry the ball 20 times in a game, right? Um and I think that then you look at it like to carry on Joyner, who who has been at South Carolina for, it seems like 25 years uh, and has played receivers, played running back. Like he's gotten some reps at, at, at running back um, after starting his career as a quarterback. So they think that he can maybe give them a little bit of a change of pace. But again, like there's still not really a true number one there. And I think that South Carolina's obviously hit the portal hard and really tried to bring in a running back because I think that, you know, Marshawn Lloyd for his quirks and, and things here and there, like he was still a really dynamic guy and a guy who could bounce off and create some issues for you on the, on the edge and with some serious speed. So uh, South Carolina has got to find something at running back because right what they're, where they're situated right now, I think is an issue. And I think that if they don't bring in a running back, there's going to be problems because, you know, you can say, sit back and let Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler throw the ball 45 times, but if you have no semblance of a running game, then it's going to create some predictability. Now that said, maybe they do some things in the screen game and the wildcat situation to kind of stretch things out and get sort of manufacture a run game a little bit or a short passing game that sort of 
replaces that on some level. You know, we've seen that with Mississippi State in the air raid a little bit the last few years, right? Similar yeah. thing. So um, I, I think you'll see that. But I mean, South Carolina running back is a big, big question mark. And I think that if they don't address it, it's going to really hamper what this team's going to be able to do offensively. Defensively, this team, another just again, just inconsistent. They, they, they need to be improved defensively if they want to take a step forward this year. Where do you think they need to be improved the most? South Carolina, South Carolina's defense is really interesting. And really the last two years have been kind of similar in that they've had really good moments. They've had some games where, I mean, they, I think it was last year or excuse me, the year before they led the sec in takeaways. Uh, they have been toward the top of the sec and in, in turnover margin for the most part defensively um, and have done a really good job. there creating extra possessions, but they haven't had the pass rush has been a little bit questionable at times. Um, linebacker, there were some depth issues there last year with some injuries and things like that. But the secondary has largely been really good. Now you're losing two guys in Cam Smith and Darius Rush, who are both going to be, you know, Cam is a sort of borderline first round, early second round pick. Uh, Darius probably a second round, third round guy. Like you're losing two legitimate NFL corners, but you bring back some real, real pieces there in DQ Smith and Nicky Minwari, who were both freshman All Americans last year. Uh, and we're guys that are, I think are going to be re- only going to get better and, and wouldn't surprise me if you find them on all SEC teams by the end of the year. Um, I, I think that defensively, again, like you said, they need to be a little more consistent. They need to create some pass rush, kind of like we talked about with running back. They've got issues at defensive end. Jordan Birch and, and Gilbert Edmond are both off to Oregon and Florida State, respectively. And, you know, we were kind of jo- <laughs> we kind of half joked about it, but we went out there for the last practice of spring before the spring game. And there were literally two defensive ends on the field healthy <laughs> and uh you know, I, I don't know if you or I has any eligibility left that can that can get out there and help out, but South Carolina's got to do something to find find some pieces there. And there's I, some I, won't, I won't say the whole quote, but I'm too old for that. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think the defensive end is going to be an issue. I think they're going to be better at linebacker. I think they're still going to be good in the secondary. I think there's potential there. I think that overall, like if you're just summing it up in basically one sentence, it's going to be a team that's a little bit lighter on experience. They're going to be a little bit younger. But I think there's a higher ceiling. Like they're going to be a little, they're going to be more talented, but they're going to be more inex- inexperienced. So you could see a wide range of things here with the South Carolina defense. If we look ahead to this game against Mississippi State and South Carolina, and I tell you, look, the loser of this game is going to go seven and five at best, and the winner of the game is going to be nine and three. I mean, you don't have any trouble believing that, right? This is this is the swing game for both teams, I think. Yeah, I think so. And I think that like it's one of those games that both teams circle on the calendar and say, hey, we need to win this one. Right. And I think that, you know, both Mississippi State and South Carolina are kind of in similar positions, I think, in, in on some level in the sense of like you're probably fighting sort of toward that upper second tier of, of either division in the last year that we're going to have divisions, presumably. Um, you know, I think that both teams bring back some experience, obviously two experienced quarterbacks. That's going to be a fun matchup. Uh, and I think it's a game that early on the se- early in the season, like kind of sets a tone a little bit. And South Carolina had a game like that early last year against Arkansas, where it turned into a shootout. And I think it was a final like 54, 42 or somewhere in there. And um, and I think that when you look at games like that, like this kind of feels like a game like that. Now, it helps South Carolina. I think you get the game at home, you know, for Mississippi State people who haven't been to Columbia. Like it's a really great atmosphere. And it's, it's I think, one of the more underrated probably game day atmospheres in the SEC. Yeah. And I think. And I think that, you know, it's a tough place to play. And I think that that'll, that'll show out. I think, it, you know, there's a potential for this to be a top 25 matchup, depending how the first few weeks go. Um, and I think, again, two young coaches as well. I mean, Zach Arnett, obviously, in sort of one of his early, you know, big games. And for Shane Beamer, a third year, but still still a young guy at, you know, 45, 46. So uh, I think that this is going to be, it, it's a game that I'm really, really curious um, to see what happens. Because like you said, I think that this is definitely a swing game for both teams. And again, like, 
I think, frankly, like this ends up being a, a really this is going to be a really fun game. I think it's going to be a really weird game. And I think it's going to turn into one of those games that we look back and think, man, that was like a really, really fun game that we didn't really talk about enough early in the yeah. season, like SEC at large. Uh, that should be a really fun one to, to watch, I think. I hate where this game is on the schedule for state between LSU and Alabama. I mean, that is yeah. just, that's a heck of a sandwich there. Uh, yeah. We're asking this question of everybody who does these interviews. So it's your turn. When we get to the end of November, state or uh, uh, Clemson, South Carolina wraps up. What are we saying about the South Carolina team? I think you're going to say, that's a good question. I think you're going to say that this is going to be another step in the right direction. Like, I think that the South Carolina team, if you end up going, even if you go six and six, get to a bowl game, go seven and five, eight and four, somewhere in there, like that's still a step in the right direction. And I think that, you know, Shane Beamer's gotten a lot of press about sort of the positive vibes and things like that. And I know people, you know, probably scoff a little bit and roll their eyes like, okay, they were seven and six and eight and five. You know, what are we really talking about here? I get that. You know, they haven't had that breakthrough three season. um, And I get that. But when you look at what Beamer and this staff inherited from Muschamp and sort of the mess that was in 2020, um, whether that's a product of, you know, the COVID year, which is hard on everyone, the coaching change, sort of where things had gone just top to bottom depth wise. Uh, this was a team that, and I, I think you and I probably had this conversation when, when I moved over to Columbia, you know, shortly after Shane Beamer got hired was that, you know, if Beamer could basically just avoid going one and 11 in his first year, he could still sell a vision and things would be okay. And I think that the fact that they've done what they've done over the last two years is impressive. And I think you'll see South Carolina do something similar this year. I think if they go seven and five, eight and four, I think people should be really happy. They're on pace for what could be, and and realistically could, should be a top 12, top 10 recruiting class, which is unheard of around Columbia. I mean, this is on pace to be probably the best recruiting class that, that South Carolina has ever signed, you know, with a long way to go, but Uh, It's got that kind of feel to it. So if South Carolina keeps that momentum and and finishes, you know, seven and five, eight and four and gets to a bowl game and finishes signing another top 15 class or a top 15 class, like people should feel pretty good about where things are. I could be wrong. I don't think state's been to Columbia since 2013, which is crazy considering that they're in the same conference as South Carolina, but long time since these two teams have met up. We'll see what happens when we get to there in September. Ben Portnoy from the state. As always, thank you for coming on, man. I man, appreciate you. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.